On today's episode, we dive into the 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks. Crushing loss to to the Bucks last night at the hand of the defending champs. We get into what it means for the Philadelphia 76ers going forward right here next on Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A tough two-point loss to the Milwaukee Bucks on Tuesday night in Philadelphia. 118-116, the 76ers fall. Tough way to lose the game to the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll get into what, of course, it means for the Milwaukee Bucks. Looking at things with the Phoenix Suns as well. But first, I got to welcome you. You are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia. Alongside my co-host and partner, Keith Pompey, the Sixers beat writer for TheInquirer.com. Keith, what's going on, man? We have a lot to get into. What's good, D? We got yeah, you're right. We got a lot to get into. It was a it was a good game, though. It was a really good game. Uh, before we get started, thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Folks listening and viewing us on YouTube at Locked On 76ers, we appreciate. Your support, make sure you check us in and uh, get in with us here on Locked On 76 as we try to bring you the very best we can on a daily basis. So wherever you get your podcast, make sure you check us out. Once again, subscribe, Locked On 76 All right, Keith, a two-point loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. The Sixers were in control of the game. After the first quarter, down by three, they found their way back, up by 10 at the break, up by eight after three going into the fourth quarter. And that's when things really started to change. What were your instant observations from this game last night? I mean, the first thing I have to say is that Giannis Antetokounmpo is a bad man. I mean, like he is that. He, yeah, he was balling. I mean, yeah, he got to a point that you know that that was my observation. Um, but the thing is, the Sixers played well. They played close, and it's just like we said before. Um, they're there. They can play with these teams, but they make mistakes that make them lose games right now at the end of the day people are going to say the Sixers came back James Harden missed the three Joel Embiid gets the ball and he gets his shot blocked by Giannis the offensive rebound the offensive rebound the thing that really stood out to me was the fact that Milwaukee shot 72 percent in the fourth quarter right that's the thing that because the Sixers just couldn't make any stops now, again, there are certain things that the Sixers are doing that's enabling them to stay in these games, but it's hard to beat a team when you can't get any stops in the fourth. And it was for three quarters until Giannis took over towards the end of the third. I mean, for two and a half quarters, the Sixers were making stops. They were playing well. But to me, the thing that really stood out was when it came down to make a stop late in the game, they were unable to do so. That was the difference in the game to me. Yeah, just for context, to give people the numbers, they shot 72.2%, 13 of 18 from the floor, 4 of 7 from three-point range, 7 of 11 from the foul line. So the Sixers 
actually uh, did not get to the foul line, but one time and one opportunity for Joel Embiid. He missed that free throw. So a 7-4-11 opportunity. That's a plus seven at the foul line. And on the opposite end, the Sixers shot 42%, 11 of 26. So Keith, they did get eight more shot attempts, but only uh, two, two more made field goals on the other end. Five of 12 from deep, but the free throws down the stretch, seven of 11 to zero. Also played a big part there. The defense did not play, uh, did not help out the Sixers at all. The Milwaukee Bucks, a championship team, they do not get rattled in these situations. They executed so much better down the stretch than the 76ers did uh, as we saw things play out. Now, look, the Sixers only had two less field goal uh, opportunity, two field goal, less than two field goal makes, and they made one more three pointer than the Milwaukee Bucks did, but they lost that quarter by 10 points in that, in that uh, fourth quarter. And it was just something that you could not see that playing out that way. You cannot have it. You had the flagrant foul by Danny Green. Sixers were up eight. And look, I don't blame him for what he did going up, going straight up. And then, of course, going down, he's trying to smack the ball. Unfortunately for the Sixers in green, he swiped Giannis across the face. They have to call that. He makes the two free throws, and then he gets another bucket. He cuts that lead to four right there, and things are already starting to go the other way. It changes right there. And that's, you know, the defense, to your point, in the fourth quarter just did not show up in a big-time spot for the Sixers. Yeah, I mean, that was that was a problem. And, you know, it got to a point, as good as the Sixers were playing, D, you had to sit there and you had to say to yourself, okay, Giannis is coming. Sure. Giannis is coming. <laughs> right. What's going to happen? Giannis is coming. And it it it, it just, you know, it, that to me, that was just the difference when, when you look at it. Chris Milton also played well. You know, now here's the one thing that stood out to me also, and it's um, – it's the play of like Tyrese Maxey. He didn't really play that well. I mean, look like, yeah, he yeah. struggled looked like the game was too big for him. But then also like Tobias Harris, Tobias played well. Really you know, well. he really, he's starting to step up and do the things that he needs to do. Um, but, you know, question to you, I got to ask you this question. Yep. Paul Millsap. Yeah. Went with Paul Millsap in, instead of DeAndre Jordan. Um what you think? What you think? I like the I like the move because I understood the move. I understood that he wanted to go with someone who is still physical, smaller, but can move much better. He can slide much better. He can get to the spots much quicker than DeAndre Jordan. They, those are different types of big men, as we know. DeAndre Jordan may not be able to play against the Milwaukee Bucks, but for a quick stretch, if Doc Rivers is able to call his number when Giannis is not on the floor, or if you just need some more size to help out in the rim as uh, against a against the clock maybe going into uh, at the end of the quarter end of the half uh so on and so forth but i, I like the minutes that paul Millsap gave in the first half the second half that's where i thought doc rivers gambled a little bit too long and it bit him post game he mentioned it that he felt like Millsap played well in the second half not so much it was up to doc rivers for paul Millsap, who played about i have my notes right here keith he played two minutes. He played two minutes and twenty-two seconds in the end of the third quarter. Okay, fine. You, again, the lead started to dwindle a little bit. You saw things changing a bit, and he kept Paul Millsap in there. Then he went with Paul Millsap for two minutes and thirty-nine seconds in the fourth quarter, and that's what really got him, and that's what really put him in a predicament there where he probably should have gone to and B, or as. 
he was asked the question, you were there in the post-game press conference, about why not Paul Reed for a couple of minutes. So I kind of go back to the game against, I believe it was the Miami Heat, where Paul Reed played a few minutes and he played well, about six minutes, eight points, six rebounds, whatever it was, six points, eight rebounds, however the numbers went. This is when we start to talk about when do you find those little spots? Where can I fit Paul Reed in here for a quick run of, I'm going to give you one minute. Can you show me something in that one minute that then turns into another 60 seconds? And now we're looking at two minutes where you didn't hurt, you only helped because of your athleticism, your youth. Sure, you might commit a foul. You may. But you also may get a block. You may get a steal and do something positive as well on the offensive end because of your more fleet of foot than Paul Millsap is on the other end where it all works out. So I like the Paul Millsap minutes until the second half where Doc Rivers has to see that is biting him and he has to get away from it very quickly. Like we see with Isaiah Joe, a lot of times because he's a young player, Doc Rivers decides to go away from it. He needed to do that with Paul Millsap as well. Gave you good minutes in the first half, he did his job. Now it's up to the coach to find a way to tweak and tinker here and there, tighten the screws a little bit and get a win however it needs be. And by that time for Joel Embiid to come back into the game in that fourth quarter. I, I agree 100%. Now, here's something else that is kind of mind-boggling to me. I shouldn't say mind-boggling, but it's something that I keep thinking about. And I, um, you know, there was a time when B-Ball Paul or Paul Reed, they would put him in there, and yeah. he would play well. I mean, he would. Like, do you remember when they played, I believe it was the first time they played Chicago at Chicago, and they put Paul Reed in. And they had him saying, they said to him, okay, you're going to guard DeMar. Yeah. And, DeMar the, and DeMar DeRozan struggled that game, right? That left, yeah. That left. And there was other games where he did the same thing, and, and he played well. Now it's kind of sort of like he just can't get in the game at all, you know. Yeah. And, and, and I get it. Maybe you may, like, think that here's a guy that maybe not big enough or – or something because he's really a power forward and more so than a center. I get that. Right. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you're going small. And I, and I get the Paul and I get the Millsap thing, but you're going small. And it's one of those things where, you know, Reed is showing you that he can be a quality defender. It's just that sometimes I think there are opportunities to play him and the Sixers shy away from that when I feel like they should give him some burn. Probably because of that youth and inexperience and mm-hmm. you know, you're just trying to – you trust like he does. Same thing that Brett Brown did. They trusted the veterans a little bit more than some of the younger players, and that's why he decided to go in that direction. So, Keith, yeah, I like the Millsap minutes. I like the switch. I like the adjustment that he did, but he just stuck with it a little bit too long uh, in this one for the 76ers. And as a result, uh, some tough minutes for – Paul Millsap down the stretch, and it may have cost them a little bit in this game. Keith, on the other side, though, we do have to talk about a positive, something that we talked about yesterday with the X-Factors. And I got to pat myself on the back, man. Mine came through. Mine came through. We have to get into (laughs) the X-Factor that showed us something and what this means going down the final seven games of the games that he may play and, of course, potentially what this may look like in the postseason right here on Locked On 76ers. Yeah, before D brags about getting the thing right, <laughs> let, let's talk to you guys about prize picks, right? 
So, you know, prize pick is I, I love this thing. Like it's easy to use because you pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected number. Ent- entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Right. It's that easy. Prize pick is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Prize picks offer a variety of options, right? So what you do is insert Joe Blow's name, right? He can take the over on uh, Joel Embiid combined with the under on Giannis Antetokounmpo in the same entry, right? So this is how it goes. And prize pick doesn't just offer NBA. They have options on college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more, right? So what this is what you need to do. For a limited time, prize pick has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free. Easy money, right? If a player in your prize picks entry scores a single point easy money but you must use the code nba that's right is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans sign up today and use the code nba you get 50 dollars for free if the player um in your prize pick entry scores a single point do it today people do it today do it today, people. I know Joel and B with his uh, twenty, oh yeah, twenty nine, kind of mm-hmm. hurt people. So I hope they try to go back again and check it out on the prize picks next time around. We got to thank you for making Locked On Seventy Sixes your first listen, and for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast for nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. A good slate of games last night. A really good slate of games tonight as well. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, Keith, we got to tell the people we have some X factors for this game because this was a huge game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Implications, of course, for the seedings in the Eastern Conference. The Bucks are now half a game behind the Miami Heat for the top spot in the East where the Sixers dropped down to fourth, half a game behind Boston, a full game now behind Milwaukee because they were tied with an identical record of 46 and 28 coming in. So that makes them once again a game and a half behind the Miami Heat with seven games to play. But uh, one of the X factors that we wanted to see was uh, you can give yours again of what we had yesterday. You had. Uh, I had what? Shake Milton and Furkan yeah, Morkorkmaz. Yeah. Well, Shake, played, Shake played all right. Yeah, he played all right. He was three for five. He had, what, six points, six points. on three for five shooting. Yeah, Furkan didn't see the floor though, but yeah, I was you know I, I picked it, but I was you know sometimes you. Win I actually sometimes. thought he was going to get in. Did you see when he got off the bench? Um, yeah. And he he was getting ready to go in, and they were like, "Oh no, no, come back, my man!" Yeah, that was like the old high school thing. I used to see. <laughs> come back, <laughs> yeah. come back. But uh, no, but no. Uh, seriously, I went with James Harden because of that two four eleven performance against the Suns was unacceptable. Uh, for the guy that you expect to come in and help out and with the game being a winnable game, as Doc Rivers pointed out, post game after that Sunday game against the Suns in Phoenix, we needed to see a better performance and we need to see a lot more from James Harden. And we got that. We got that right out of the gate, Keith, where he came out and he came out guns a blazing 
mm -hmm. uh, with the, emptying the clip on the floor. He played very well overall. He finished with the team high 32 points on 9 of 17 shooting. He was efficient. He was 4 of 10 from beyond. He felt good. And I didn't mind a lot of his three-point attempts because he was in a good groove. Made 10 of his 12 free throws, um, five rebounds, nine assists, only two turnovers in 37-plus minutes of play. And we needed to see it. And most importantly, Keith, we needed to see it early on as we see the Sixers get off to a slow start. He was going after it, and he did just that. And I thought the way that he did it aggressively, um, he was looking for a shot while still looking for his teammates. He finished with nine assists. I, I like the approach that he had tonight in this game. You can still score the basketball while still running the point guard position and getting others involved. It's a shame that Maxi didn't have it going where he could have still given you about 12 to 14 points tonight off of those things. He was three, four, 11, as you mentioned, one of four from beyond. But I felt that it was important for us to see this Harden and for him to see it too, where they are still in the game while Embiid gets his, Tobias gets his 22 as well. This is good for the Sixers going forward because it's a recipe of what we could see in these games, postseason most importantly, where he can play like that and they can still win these games. If he does this in the first round against an inferior opponent, if you will, I hope that confidence still remains going into the next round in the semis against a better opponent and he feels like that can still carry over and help them win games and hopefully advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I really in, enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I, I shouldn't say enjoyed it. That's a bad word. Now, I, I felt like, or not a non-objective word, but, but, but I felt like, you know, based off of how, how James played the last game, you mm -hmm. know, this was great. Now, the one thing is I, I feel like that they got to get uh, still in a little bit more better rhythm, you know what I mean, like when he does that. Because there was a couple of times where guys were just standing around watching. Sure. Instead of moving, they just standing around watching, watching him do what he does. But I really like what I saw. And, and the thing is, you know, before, you know, Doc Rivers and James talked about it, where, you know, Doc had a, a, a meeting with James beforehand and told him that, look, you know, you got to be yourself. I mean, I, I need you to do what you do for us to be successful. And even Embiid after the game said, yeah, that was a good start. He just has to be continue to do it. Yeah. So it's like, you're looking at this team and they're begging this guy to be the guy that he is as far as taking over. You know, some people might say gun or whatever you want to do, but right about now they just want to win and they want to score. And as, as good as a passer he is and all the things that he can do is basically you know, it, 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 it's great, but that's not going to probably help you win games when you're one of the better shooters on the team. So, you know, getting your head down and, and, and doing what you're doing is great. You know, the one thing that I, I really like seeing, though, now is that Tobias Harris is doing a way better job of playing off of him. Yep. You know, James is, is really attacking and doing what he has to do, and Tobias is doing a great job playing off of him which is only going to help the 76ers because, you know, you look at it today, James Harden was way more aggressive, way more aggressive. He had 17 shots. Joel Embiid had 21, but Tobias was still able to get 19. Yeah. So for them to move forward, I think that, you know, that's the right formula because 
you know, even with those 17 shots, like, you know, we, it is a little misleading when they talk about 17 shots because, you know, James went 10 for 10 from the foul line. So, I mean, excuse me, 10 for 12 from the foul line. So there was other times when he drove the lane and he got fouled. And, yeah. you know, it doesn't account in, in, in basketball in that instance. But as an attempt. As an attempt, yeah. But I feel like if James continues to do what he did today, you know, and, and you know, you could play, Tobias can play off him the way he did, I mean, excuse me, yesterday, I think the Sixers will do well. I think they will. So first on the Tobias Harris thing that you mentioned, it's good to see him. He really does look comfortable now uh, playing with James Harden out there. He, he really does. Uh, I thought he played well. Again, he, he was assertive. He knew what he wanted to do when the ball came, found him and came his way. And he, despite the 10 of 19, I, I thought they were good shots. The tough part about Tobias this night was he had some open looks from three. That it was like, ah, oh, man, those would have been some really good uh, makes for them in the moment that they came, whether it was extending the lead to 18 or keeping them, the, the one that he had going into the locker room with Tyrese Maxey found him, yeah. or no, James Harden found him in the corner right in front of us. And um, mm-hmm. he missed that one. So uh, I hope that those start to fall for him again. He's shooting much better from beyond, and I hope they start to fall. A couple of other things for Harden that, that worked out for me when you talk about the guys standing around. When he started to do his dribble, 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 and he knocked down one, he got fouled. Giannis fouled him behind the three, missed the free throw, but it was a three plus the foul. Good to see it. He also had one, Keith, that I was really happy to see. He sized up the defense with his dribble package that he typically does, but he'll do it about one, two, three, four, come back to it, and then go. He did it one, two, the defender leaned, and he's like, oh, I already have him. And then he went. Instead mm-hmm. of going back to the counter again to keep it going with the two more dribbles between the legs and then go, he stopped it at the second one. And then he just went off and got by the defender because he had him leaning. And he got to the basket in front of us, first half, and laid him up. And then he also had a three-pointer that swung to him, Keith, on the catch. Mm-hmm. And he shot it. He didn't yeah. dribble it. He didn't do anything. He shot the ball. Mm-hmm. And for me, like we've been talking about, when you lose Seth Curry and you lose the sh- catch-and-shoot ability, your other favorite that is there to do that is George Nia. Now you have James Harden, who, I, like I was saying at the time, he can catch and shoot. He just hasn't done it a lot because he does the dribble, and then he steps into his three off of the bounce mm-hmm. instead of simply catching the ball when it swings to him with this offense and shooting it. Doc Rivers talked about a close game. To your point in that meeting, this is not something that he's done for a long time in his career. He has to get comfortable doing it. I was encouraged to see that, and I hope that, again, continues as the season goes along. Keith, uh, in our final one, we'll talk about Joel Embiid again. Stories come out earlier in the day about how Embiid, with 100 writers voted in the story, is uh, lost the MVP voting with two weeks to go, where he was the leader before and tonight, Giannis, for a lot of people, got the better of Embiid with his 40-point performance to Embiid's 29. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about did that play a part going forward in Embiid losing a little bit of his balance and his lead in the MVP conversation. But I got to tell you, in a late night like we had last night, Keith, a lot of emotion. The game was really good. We had to do our stuff. Late night show for me, your late night writing. 
But I have to tell people once again, I get that urge to snack on things while I'm doing the show. And instead of a candy bar or some sort of pastry, locally here, of course, you know the pastries that we go to. I instead go to the Built Bar, man, because it's been really good for me. I've tried the Puffs. I hope people, when we've been telling about them, if you haven't tried the Puffs, you're missing out. They're the best tasting bars. They are these protein-infused marshmallows, the first Puffs, first ever Puff-infused marshmallows. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, 100% real chocolate, including the Puffs. You can go with the yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, whatever flavor. It's so good. Go ahead and check it out. They're low in calorie, high in protein. You replace your candy bars like I have with these Built Bars. Go to Built Bar, scroll down to the macros chart, and you'll see everything. You'll be blown away by everything, all the numbers, protein, low-cal, high-fiber, low-carb. 130 calories contained in the Built Bar, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You pay attention to those things. I see people. I see you all. You're watching the numbers and all that. Well, this is the thing for you. Go check it out. Compare it to any calorie, any candy bar with the calories. You'll be blown away. More flavors. Mint brownie. Coconut, coconut almond, if new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. One of my favorites for my daughters as well because I've gotten them into this. They're delicious. They taste delicious. If you can think of any other flavor, they'll figure it out. They'll get it right, and they'll get it ready for you. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order using promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Keith. Big story came out earlier nationally, talking about the MVP race. It's going to be one of these deals, man, continuing to talk about it until the end of the regular season. And it appears from other – did they come to you, these voters? Yeah, they came to me. I was one of the dudes who voted. You was one of them? All right, yeah. man, well. Uh, I'm going to tell you. I, I and it, now Jokic is in the lead, according to the voters, with two, two weeks to go. And it was Jokic – and B and Giannis, and after Giannis's performance tonight, you have to believe, Keith, that a lot of people are starting to feel like Joel Embiid is really starting to lose his grip on this award. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree, but but also, and I don't, by the way, I agree. But listen, you said a lot of people. A lot I of agree. people. I agree, but see, you got to understand something. This stuff changes from day to day. Yeah. So this was a, a a tough matchup for them. First of all, you know, they were being extremely physical with Joel, especially sure. early on. I mean, you had Lopez on him, uh, Brooke Lopez. Then you had Bobby Portis on him. Bobby Portis picked up, picks up the three fouls. You know, Lopez, his first game, you know, back, he's tired. And then they put Serge Ibaka on him for a little bit. And yeah. Serge was like, Hacking them up, but then and B really was. Did you see what he smacked them off of? Him <laughs> yeah, in the second quarter. Yeah, 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 he was he was good. He was hacking them up, but then and B started going giving them the business, and then they, you know, surge and come back, right? But um, but uh, you know, but uh, it was one of those, got those Paul Millsap minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So 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 it, it's one of those things where people are going to look at this. They're going to look at and see what Giannis was able to do, you know. But Embiid is going to go to Detroit. Then after that, he's going to play Charlotte. 
And then he's going to, you know, play uh, – who's after that? Cleveland. Cleveland. And all of a sudden, it's going to be like, oh, no, nah, Joel's a beast again. So, I, I, I feel like it's one of those things where it's that, that recently – excuse recency me. Recency bias. Recency yeah. bias. And that's what it is. What, what, I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to tell you uh, who I voted for. Of course, Embiid was number one. Um. But, you know, cause now what this guy does is he's a great, great reporter. He basically goes out there and all the people he knows as a vote, he, he sends you. And there's some other people, some of them, I don't, I don't know if all of them have it, but what he does is he sends us out some stuff early in the season and asks who would we vote for, right? Then he comes back in the midseason and he asks you again, you know, who, who would you um and he calls them the, the straw poll, right? The straw poll, and he does this over the course of the season. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, you know what I mean? So it, it's one of those things where, um, you know, I did it, and, you know, I, I kind of like doing it. But, okay, so here we go. This is what I had. For number one, I had Joel. For number two, I had the Joker, right? Yep. For number three, I had Giannis. For number four, I had Ja. Mm. And for number five, I had Luca. Now, beforehand, I had DeMar DeRozan in there, right? In there. Yeah. Um, but those are mine. Now, basically, I I, told you, I gave people five, but it's really only three. Like, this is going to be – the three sure. finalists are going to be uh, uh, Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis. That's who it is. That's all. That's who the people are going to be. But I just yeah. shared it with y'all. Those are the people that I voted. And and, and I appreciate I appreciate you sharing that. And, and, and I'm I don't stay have with Embiid. I'm gonna stay with Embiid unless yeah. he falls flat. <laughs> and, and see, that's the thing I wanted to ask you. And 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 we'll have a lot more to talk about this over the coming uh, couple of weeks as we close out the season, Keith. Is because my thing has always been while these other players have been very good, they've been great. Pardon me, I don't want to say that because they've been great. Giannis has been great. Nikola Jokic has been great. Embiid has been great. While Embiid has been up in, in, the, uh, in the forefront for the good part of the season, I don't think he's done anything to lose it either. And that's always been my thing. They can throw all these different numbers and have all these special analytical uh, numbers that they want to dive into, and that's fine. I'm not saying analytics don't play a part in the game. What I, what I am saying is I don't think Embiid has done anything to lose it. I think he's done more than enough to keep his lead. They can close the gap, but I don't think that he's let it go. And that's that's only, that's my thing. Yeah, and here's something else that you got to talk about too, though. Because yeah. all three of these guys are classified as bigs now, but Giannis is a guy who does a lot of ball handling. You know what I mean? So, I mean, not as much as Jokic. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, like, Jokic is a center, but he's like the point center. You know, Giannis is like a point forward. Now, again, he's not like a real adept three-point shooter. But Joel's game is predicated on people getting him the ball. So, if you can't get him the ball and he's being doubled and triple teamed, it's different than him running 100 miles an hour like Giannis getting a, a head start. You understand? And then the Joker is able, because he plays that point center role, 
He's able to distribute. He does all these other things. So he yep. has to, these two guys are ball dominant players when they're on the floor who 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 uh, do a lot does a lot of other things who can or able to do a lot of things that couldn't get it out. Joel, especially last night, his game was predicated on people getting him the ball. And if they couldn't get him the ball in certain spots, and then you also have a guy like, let's face it, James Harden, who's a lethal perimeter scorer. You know, and James Harden was cooking early on. Joel started off struggling. He missed his first. He was one for eight, but yeah. he ended up 11 for 21. When you start off one for eight and you end up 11 for 21, that's not bad. That's, that's not bad. Good. Yeah, so – you know, I think that's yeah. something that people need to know that, you know, he needs people to get him the ball while these other two guys already have the ball. And he was 7 of 10 in the uh, second half from the field. 7 of 10 yeah. from the field in the second half. Two threes, which came in the fourth quarter for Joel Embiid, and one that came uh, that made it 98-87, and then 117-116 as well late in the, in the game. So, yeah, man, it's just one of those things that we'll pay attention to. A lot of folks, I know my part um, on, on the air, keep mad. For real? Mad about that that story, that article. And uh, I actually wanted to see if I can get the guy on, on the show, uh, but I only saw him briefly last night, and he was doing a live hit, and I didn't see him again the rest of the evening to uh, communicate with him because I want him to explain exactly what you did, why he does this, how he does it the way that he does, and, um, and and go from there. So maybe we'll see if we can get that done. But a lot of people, hot, hot, hating Philadelphia, hating Philadelphia, still mad about the rebuild. So they're taking it out on Joel Embiid because they can't stand Sam Hankey. So, yeah, that's <laughs> that's where things are, man. It's a, it's a, It's a big deal. But listen, man. I appreciate your time as always, man. I mean, you know, I always enjoy doing this. We appreciate everybody for checking in with us. Make sure if you are out there listening to the podcast, Locked On 76ers, we bring this to you five days a week and try to do our best in less than 30 minutes. Sometimes we'll go a little over because we have some good information, we think, and we're into the conversation. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and certainly on YouTube. Once again, check us out, Locked On 76ers on YouTube, all of your platforms that you get your podcast free and available wherever you get those. Keith, on our next episode, again, we'll make sure we'll, we'll talk about previewing the game against the Detroit Pistons. That team is tough, man. Dwayne Casey has that team playing well. Yeah, it's going well, to be a better game than people expect. They better smack that team. Thanks for making Locked On 76ers <laughs> your first listen every day. We'll preview the Sixers and Pistons in our very next episode for the Thursday night game. There's seven games remaining. They have to dominate these teams that they should smack around. They have two with Detroit, two with Indiana, and uh, they need to do the work on Thursday night, tomorrow night against the Detroit Pistons. We'll do that on our next episode. Now, make sure you make your second listen, Locked On NBA. We're locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. As mentioned, it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Everybody have a great day. Keith. Talk to you tomorrow, man. Thanks so much. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs>